Welcome to Here's What I Hear, a podcast about reflections and tips about relationships, personal development, and connection. My name is Jesse Hipner, and I'm a counselor and coach. I believe one of the biggest parts about being human is how we are connected to other humans, connected in friendships, intimate relationships with family members, colleagues. We live and die in and out of relationships and how we are connected to others. As a counselor and coach, I have helped many couples and individuals make meaningful and even life-saving changes. In this podcast, I want to share a little bit about what I hear from week to week, and I want to share with you some of the tips about ways to work through similar issues. And so, here's what I hear. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode. I appreciate you tuning in. I want to just take a second to acknowledge that I have not been as consistent this summer on this show as I necessarily had intended. And I think that's just how life goes sometimes. I've been trying to take that with an open hand and just kind of a open posture to the frequency that I'm able to put into this show. I'm still very committed to sharing my thoughts and sharing my reflections, sharing some relationship tips from the work that I do both professionally and personally. And so I want to encourage you to continue to tune in. And I want to also thank you for continuing to listen throughout this season of a little bit less than predictable frequency with me releasing shows. That's not necessarily my intention going forward, but I don't want to make any guarantees because like I said, I'm trying to approach this with an open hand and I want it to come from a place of deep genuineness within me and not from a place of production and just trying to crank shows out. I think the quality is going to be a lot better and I think you're going to get a lot more out of it with that intention as opposed to just trying to hit that every other week frequency. So for now, we'll call this show a periodical and we'll go from there. Today, I want to share with you a bit about a dynamic that I see come up quite frequently in just about every couple that I work with. I've noticed it as well personally, and I've noticed this with individuals as well. And this has to do with being on the defensive or on an attacking posture when you're in any moment of communication with your partner or with a friend or a colleague or a family member. The reality is, is that anything that someone says to you can feel and can be taken like an attack or some type of deep critique or criticism about you as a person, about you as your, the way that you view things, the way that you interact with the world. When somebody says something to you, even the most basic, maybe minor topic, sometimes it's quite surprising within us when it feels like, oh my goodness, why does that feel so attacking? You know, why is that so activating to something within me? And so one of the practices that I find to be really helpful is that in these moments of communication, we need to develop a sense of deep curiosity about what the other person is trying to communicate. 
And I think this is a communication skill, if you will, that's not often really talked about. At least it's not something that I see too much in the literature or it's not something that I've really even seen talked about too much when it comes to, you know, evidence-based couples therapy. And it's much more focused on, you know, the skills or, you know, reflective listening or, you know, listening to your partner, which I think those things, you know, start to hit on this. But this idea that coming from a place of deep, genuine curiosity with your partner or with a friend in a moment of communication, when it initially might feel like an attack, it might be especially activating, it might feel like we need to defend ourselves. And if we can, in that moment, switch to a place of how do I become curious about what this person is trying to say, or how do I become curious to listen to what they're actually trying to communicate. And maybe it's not all just about me. Maybe they're not even trying to actually say anything about me and my own emotional experience with what they are saying has entirely everything only to do with me and not actually what they are saying. Because you see, one of the things when it comes to communication on the other end is being willing to be vulnerable and open and honest about the things that we feel, the emotions that we have coming up, without over-regard for how the other person is going to hear it. And if we're not willing on the receiving end to offer that same opportunity in that moment of communication to say even within ourselves, no matter what they say, and frankly, no matter how they say it, I am going to first be curious about what they're trying to communicate Now, in other episodes I've talked about, this doesn't give an excuse to say things in an unkind way or, you know, using unkind language or name calling, things like that. But we need to be able to communicate openly. And it takes effort on both sides, both the person who is giving the communication and the person on the receiving end. And I find that this idea of curiosity, how we listen in a deep interested way to what the other person is saying is a really fundamental dynamic that is so often lacking. And this is because curiosity isn't just a skill that you have to say in the right way or that you just phrase it, you know, okay, here's what I'm hearing, you know, let me reflect this, you know, make a reflective statement back to you. Now, I don't want to make light of that. I think that's helpful. But that doesn't come from a place of deep genuineness, right? And that can be felt, you know, the person you communicate will be able to feel that, that you're just, you know, trying to go through the motions. You're just trying to, you know, trying to say it the right way. And some can be said, some benefit for, you know, just going through that practice and getting more used to it does help. But the idea of having a deep, curious posture, I think the reason why it's not oftentimes so easily accessible is because it comes from within. And what I mean by that is that having a posture and being able to offer deep curiosity to the person you're talking to, especially a romantic partner or a family member, some type of intimate relationship, you have to have first learned how to be curious about what is going on within you. You have to be willing to be open and vulnerable and honest 
with yourself about what you are feeling, what you are experiencing, and become curious about why am I feeling that way, right? Why are these things activating this within me? Why is that such a frustration? Why is that a pet peeve of mine? Why is, why is my posture immediately anger or a defense when they say something to me in that way, right? Because when you just respond without acknowledging and that inner awareness within yourself, of course, it's going to come off in a way of defensiveness or a, an attack back to the other person. And then, of course, it's going to build into conflict, right? That's the only, you know, most likely outcome of that dynamic because you're not actually doing the work within yourself. Developing a posture of curiosity, of inner listening within you. There's a phrase by famous Zen Buddhist master Thich Nhat Hanh, and he would say, the way out is in. And I think that encompasses this concept really nicely, that in order to have the capacity to be in that conversation, to be in that relationship with somebody outside of us, it starts within we have to learn how to develop and nurture the relationship within ourselves, with all of the different parts within us, with all of our different emotions, with our joy, with our sorrow, with our suffering, with our anger. We need to learn how to become curious about these things that we experience in any moment of life. This requires not a busyness of mind, not a busyness of body, not a busyness of life. This requires us to slow down and listen, to develop a mindful practice where we're able to re do some internal reflection, right? It might be the somebody cutting you off on the road. It might be a text message that you get that it comes across the wrong way. It might be something someone says at the wrong time or in the wrong way, or you just happen not to be in the mood for, you know, hearing that from somebody. And when we just go from thing to thing to thing, try to avoid really reflecting on that. And it's sometimes it's not even intentionally avoiding it. It's more so, you know, kind of a subconscious kind of just rut that we've gotten stuck in. Then when it comes to those key moments of communication with the people you care the most about and they give you some feedback, it will strike to the core. And of course, you're going to respond out of a place of defensiveness or a place of attacking, right? Because you haven't done the work within you. You haven't developed that deep listening within yourself. And so this idea of coming into any moment of communication from a place of curiosity and understanding has to start with experiencing that and practicing that within yourself, making time to listen to yourself, making time to take care of yourself, making time for your own self-care making time for your own practice, your own rituals, your own nourishment. Taking care of yourself is imperative in order to show up as your best self in those moments in relationship with others. The other piece of this that I want to point out is that as we do this practice, as we begin to get curious about what is going on within us our, ourselves, and not so much focused on the other person, not so much concerned about what they are saying or 
how they are saying it or what their emotional experience is, when we start to get focused on what's going on within us, we start to recognize our own capacity. We start to recognize our own limitations. We start to recognize, okay, here are the dynamics that are going to be activating to me. Here are the situations that are going to bring up these particular emotions. We start to have that deeper awareness of our own life that then we can begin to recognize the capacity within others, right? Of course, through a dialogue and through questions and conversation, communication, more of that is found out. But there's even a sense of, okay, I can understand why they might come at me in that way. That might be initially hurtful might be some feedback I need to give them about how they approach that is hurtful or it wasn't the best way that they approached it. But we have that ability to recognize their own capacity as well. And then we can also begin to communicate with the people we're in relationship about our capacity, right? And this starts to lay the framework for talking about our expectations with one another, talking about our unmet needs with our partner, talking about our boundaries. When we do that inner work, it lays the foundation for us to be able to communicate in a much deeper, more genuine way with those we're in relationship with. But it starts within. It starts with developing a practice of deep listening within you, noticing the experience that you're having in any situation, and becoming curious to understand why you are experiencing those things in the way you are experiencing them. So that would be my challenge for you. The next time you feel particularly activated in a conversation with somebody, maybe it's a romantic partner, maybe it's a friend, a colleague. Next time that you feel that, don't say anything. You might just listen, let them know. You'll have some reflections later perhaps, but you're just listening to them. And take that. Take that feeling, that activation with you into a place where you can be by yourself, into a quiet place where you can do some, some journaling or just some thinking even about what was that about? Why, why was that so challenging to me? And even if initially it feels obvious, that's like, well, it's the way they said it or it's what, it's what they said was really offensive to me. Sit with that still. Reflect on that. What more might there be as you begin to think on that, meditate on that, develop a mindful approach, allow your body to feel that emotional experience and develop that curiosity within yourself. Well, thanks for listening. And I can't wait to share with you more thoughts in the future. Hey, I want to extend an offer to you. The fact that you made it here to the end of the episode tells me that something that I am talking about in these episodes is resonating with you. And for some reason, we are connected through this effort. So if you enjoyed this episode or you've been enjoying other episodes that you've been listening to and you're finding things helpful or insightful, I would love to work with you. If you are struggling in a relationship perhaps, or you're trying to overcome a challenge in life, 
I want to meet with you through a free consultation. That free consultation is just a chance to meet with me, to share a little bit about yourself, and for me to offer you some insights and some feedback. My goal in those consultations is to give you as much as I can, as much as I know about relationships and personal development. There's truly no strings attached. It's simply a one-on-one -on -one space with a professional to get feedback directly about what you are going through and what you are trying to work toward. So check out the show notes for a link to schedule with me. Quick note for a liability reasons, I am not your counselor. Okay, if you think I'm your counselor, that's probably a good indicator you need counseling. Now, of course, if you're in the Denver metro area or frankly anywhere in Colorado, I would love to explore working with you. And so, like I mentioned before, check out that consultation call and I would love to talk with you more about that. But just listening to this podcast and following me does not equate to being in treatment with me. I just need to make that clear. And lastly, and most importantly, if you're struggling with thoughts of wanting to kill yourself, wanting to die, or feel like there's no way out, I want you to know there is hope and there is help. And I want you to get that help immediately. A good option is frankly the emergency room. They are equipped to help you. And if you're in the United States, we have a three-digit suicide hotline and it is 988. All right, thanks.